Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Podcast. Let's jump right in it. I want to talk about the Black Dahlia. I feel like that if you... I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know the case. Um, if you don't, uh, you need to. It, it's, it's, it's one that stands out uh, as our country's probably most infamous, most infamous crime. You'll hear my zippers and stuff opening and closing. I do paper, sorry. And that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Um, so, I won't bore you with much of the uh, BS. I'd like for people to follow us, support us any way they can, whatever. Thank you, I appreciate it. Anyway, the Black Dahlia, uh, if you're not familiar, and I'll go into uh, go into it here, some new information has come out, um, and I feel like that uh, it's really kind of narrowed it down to two possible suspects, and um, it's very interesting, really. The case. Let's just talk about the case in general. If you don't know a lot about it, let's do a little background. Um, January 15th, 1947, a young woman is pushing her daughter down in uh, Lamont Park in, in L.A., in California, Hollywood, um, early morning hours, and um, she notices over off the side of the road there near the sidewalk, uh, it looks like a mannequin at first glance. It's in two pieces, uh, laying there just right off the roadway, but it wasn't a mannequin. It was a real person, and uh, this the woman is horrified because the, the it, it's a, a human being, a young woman cut in two pieces. Um, so she runs to a couple of houses, can't get anybody to answer. She finally gets someone on the phone, gets the sheriff's office down, and of course back then, you know, there was no nine one one or anything. Plus, the press really was just involved, just as involved as the police were in, in crimes back in the day. Uh, so you've got the police descending on the property, you got the press on the property, and they're trying to to figure out what has gone wrong here, what has happened. Now, at closer inspection, this woman has been butchered. Butchered. So here's what they find as far as injuries to the body. Uh, of course, the cause of death... Is considered as far as hemorrhage or blood loss. Um, she was extensive bruising on the body and face. Showed that she was beaten severely. Her nose was broken. There was a eight centimeter cut to the cheeks, producing like a grotesque smile. Her stomach contained fecal matter, either her own or somebody else's. Pieces of skin were also found in the anus and the vagina. Now, a piece of skin that was found was a rose tattoo cut off of her, her hip, her side. This is a piece of information that is not given to the public. Um, of course, the bisected body, it's, it's cleanly severed via intervertebral disc between the second and third lumbar vertebrae which is known as a appendectomy or ampon, and whatever. Um, the body was placed 
with the arms raised above the head. The body had been completely drained of blood, uh, other than a small um, amount of blood found in a cement sack. Uh, they feel like it had been used maybe to transport a piece of the body. Uh, her left breast was cut off, flesh above the knee removed, multiple lacerations were made around the pubic area. Uh, restraint marks were evident around the neck, wrist, and ankles. There was no strangulation involved. Uh, her, her legs were spread wide as if the killer was making an obscene, obscene gesture and mocking, uh, mocking the woman. Uh, the body had been uh, composed like this. Now, that was the victim. Here is some of the things they found around the scene, a couple of clues. Um, body was found in Lemert Park. A cement sack was found near the body. They feel like it was used to transport the remains and uh, left at the scene. Uh, resident Bob Meyer black, uh, noticed a black sedan, possibly a Ford, parked at the curb around 6 a.m. near where the body later was found. However, he did not see the driver. Uh, the woman, the name that found the body was Betty Berzinger. Um, she was interviewed 50 years later uh, and recalled, I noticed the dark hair in this white, white form. So that is about all that is there. Um, there was an FBI lab report that showed two bristles lifted from short skin. Uh, they were consistent with palm tree fibers used to make cheap scrubbing brushes. They're just described as stiff, thin, wiry, and coated to make the bristles water repellent. So they get the fingerprints, um, and at that time, it's new technology in the press room to have like a fax. So they fax it to the FBI, and luckily within days, they get a, a response and a, a notification. The woman's name is Elizabeth Short. She had applied for a job on the military base and had an arrest for underage consumption. So that's how they had her fingerprints on file. Um, of course, as the days passed, I mean, the entire world had finally heard of this crime, but L.A. was in a total uproar of fear and uncertainty. Um, it was just just crazy. But uh, to come to find out a little background, they didn't know a lot about Elizabeth Short. She dropped out of high school. Um, she lived in the Boston, Massachusetts area. Her dad faked his suicide and left the family. She drops out and moves out to Hollywood to become a star, to chase the dream, or whatever it may be. Uh, when she gets to Hollywood, she, she actually starts to mingle with a woman named Ann Toth. Um, Ann Toth is friends with a very wealthy man, Mark Hansen. So Elizabeth gets in with Mark Hansen, and he starts to keep her up. He's infatuated. In fact, he owns nightclubs and different things like that. Very, very, very powerful, very wealthy man. Mark was in love with Elizabeth, but the feeling wasn't mutual. After months of being kept up by Mark Hansen, uh, she's desperate to get away. They have this big, huge fight falling out, uh, frightened by some accounts. She's scared. A little bit before she dies, she uh, takes off to San Diego, telling everybody she's going to see her sister, but that's a lie. 
What was she running from? What had her so scared? So she arrives in San Diego, not knowing, not knowing anyone. She's homeless, so she's sleeping in this movie theater. So this is a sense of desperation. And uh, a woman working at the movie theater takes her in, and she stays with her for about a month. It's on her couch sleeping. Um, everything is going, I mean, you know, as normal as it can be until two men show up at this woman's house looking for Elizabeth, which totally freaks her out. Um, and she flees back to L.A. with a friend of hers that she met named uh, Red uh, Manley. Just a traveling salesman. He would be a suspect later on, but he, he's just a friend, just somebody that she hangs out with a little bit. And he drives her back to L.A. So, it's about a week now before she's, her body's found. Um, and Red Manley drops her off at the Biltmore Hotel, never to see her again. Now, in that week from her, him dropping her off, to her body being found. Some people give eyewitness accounts of Elizabeth uh, that they'd seen her that week, uh, a, a police officer, uh, a deli worker, but any of her friends or, 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 or acquaintances have not, they've not seen her. She's just gone until now. She shows up mutilated and cut in two. Who, what, when, where, why? This, this case is over 70 years old. And over the last few years, old evidence especially recently, was released to the public. And this, in my opinion, is enough to tell you who killed Elizabeth Short. She was given the name of the Black Dahlia. The Black Dahlia comes from a diner she ate at. That She always wore black, black hair. And at the time, there was a movie out called The Blue Dahlia. And that's where the name came from. Um, you know, over the years, there's been several suspects, books written, movies, etc. But I feel like this evidence that's just been recently released is the strongest in my opinion. And we'll go over it here shortly. Now, as they found the body, a few days later, the police find her shoes, purse, and a few other personal belongings dumped on the side of the road. Uh, like I said, just a few days later. Um... It was several miles from the dump scene as far as where the body was found. But, um, needless to say, someone had thrown it and tossed it out. Also, a few days later, someone mails her license, wallet, an address book with the name Mark Hansen on it uh, to the newspaper. Now, this is important because someone involved loves attention. And this will be their downfall. They're either saying, hey, Mark Hansen done it. Because we know Mark Hansen wouldn't have sent that in himself. Now, Elizabeth was 22 years old. Um, and that's just too young. That's, I mean, no one deserves this. But 22, I mean, man, she was just getting, just getting started. Um, now, Mark Hansen would be the first real suspect and someone is... You know, either trying to set him up or trying to tell tell somebody something. Um, he's got a lot of money and a lot of power, and he it's it's untelling what he's able to get away with. It really is. But there's new evidence that's coming out, and when I come back, 
I'll tell you what it is. So Jeff Connors, Leslie Dillon, and Mark Hansen all knew one another. Like I said, but Jeff Connors' wife gives him an alibi. Um, and he's kind of out of the picture. But Mark Hansen and Leslie Dillon are not. According to these papers that are in police custody, a witness comes forward about a hotel room at the Astor Hotel, room number three, seeing Elizabeth Short, Mark Hansen, and Leslie Dillon leaving this room. Now, the owner's wife finds blood everywhere in this room, only to come back, and it's all cleaned up. It's gone. The two cops, detectives that were working this lead, were removed from the Black Dahlia case, Elizabeth Short. A cover-up. Mark Hansen was so connected, he could kill and cover it up. He had high-level brass in his pocket. So they think Elizabeth Short is led to this hotel by Leslie Dillon to help her out, only to have him and Mark Hansen torture and kill her later. Dumping the body to match the Gardenia murders of that time, which was a serial killer that was going around. Maybe the first field they could dump with, with, little, with some privacy, or who knows. Maybe it's the first place they come to. I think this new information is very telling. Whoever killed her knew her to a certain degree, plus she was in a spot to really take help from the first person willing to give it to her at the cheapest or easiest price. But that's one theory. So the new information is that Leslie Dillon, Mark Hansen, killed Elizabeth Short in a hotel room at Astor Sands. Now, there's only one other person, and this is almost like a stranger abduction, but it's not. So I'm going to give you one more theory that come out, and you make your decision on what you think. So here's another theory I have. Elizabeth Short, after telling Red Manley she's waiting on her sister at the Biltmore Hotel, she sneaks out of the Biltmore Hotel through a side entrance and runs into an old acquaintance from her sister's wedding, Dr. William Bailey. It is proven that Dr. William Bailey's daughter is a witness on Elizabeth Short's sister's wedding certificate. Now, Elizabeth Short, she is desperate. She's running for Mark Hansen, and she goes into Dr. Bailey's office through the side door and disappears into the night. Dr. Bailey's office is located right near the Biltmore Hotel. Dr. Bailey is a doctor performing hysterectomies, abortions, but he's going mad. His brain has deteriorated even more since his divorce. He's got a, a rare brain disease, and he's literally losing his mind. And his wife lives in the family home. Uh, he's been kicked out. He's been staying in his office. The doctor can't help himself. He will torture, mutilate, and ultimately kill Elizabeth Short over the next few days at his leisure with all the tools needed to do everything that's done to Elizabeth Short in his office. He now has to get rid of the body once he's done. So the quick amcorpendectomy to make the body easier to transport, it'd be easy for him to do, because he is an older gentleman. 
he loads the body early evening, drives one block. Now here's the kicker. Drives one block from his old home, his wife's home. The wife that he is divorced from lives in Leemark Park. One block from where they find Elizabeth Short's body. Poses her for all to see to show his wife a monstrous and heinous crime right for her to look at and remember every time she drives by for her entire life. Now the kicker is the doctor is dead less than one year later, so no one can ever kind of put it together. Never to tell his story. He's the only one with um, to alibi and the time to do this. Plus the brain disease, the approx proximity of his office to the Biltmore, and the location of the drop is everything. And if you don't agree with that, John Douglas does. The drop is everything. What do you think? Who do you think killed Elizabeth Short the Black Dahlia? Wow, this case is fascinating. Thanks for listening. This is another episode of The Weekly Podcast. <laughs>